You're listening to The Happy Hour with Nick Sainert and Enrique Alvarez-Cleary. Presented by Empire Fence and Netting on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. So we get this off the text line, 402-464-5685. Jared in Wisconsin. You guys are great. Um, says, after the break, my daughter's exact words, quote, that guy saying he hates all cats is pretty harsh. Dot, dot, dot. I put her back in her cage. <laughs> Did you give her water? Just give her water. Give we'll her, we all get her a bowl of water we'll, and a we'll bowl of food. <laughs> Should and be I good. Just, and I don't see the problem. Um, all right, let's go ahead and bring in Zach Carpenter of Inside Nebraska, our weekly Friday guest. Uh, Zach, what's up, man? How's it going? Uh, pretty confused. Like, what, 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 what are we talking about here, okay. fellas? I, I missed the last segment, but apparently there's some uh, some craziness going on, which I guess is your guys' your guys's brand. So you, fill me in. Somewhat. You mean to tell me you weren't listening to the first segment before you came on? How dare you, Zach? Hey, I, I'm a loyal listener, but uh, this Friday I was trying to trying to relax before uh, the, the visit news came in, but mm-hmm. so I missed uh, I missed it this time. So no, it's okay. You you don't have to lie to us. It's okay. Um, no. <laughs> uh, okay, so we were talking in the first segment about how expensive kids are, and like I don't have kids. I am 21 years old, so I do not have kids. I mean, you could. Um, have kids. I could. Don't say it like and, it's and, impossible. And, and nothing, nothing against people that are, might be 21 and have kids, but I do not. Um, and, Nor do I. Yeah, exactly. I do not have kids. Okay. Either, and Rico is 28 and has two kids. Yes. And so we were having the conversation of how expensive kids are, and then we got you know a text on our text line about dogs um, and how you know with dogs you can leave them outside with a bowl of food and water. I said and you can't chill. do that with a kid, but they, you can't do that with a kid. Well, so, I would hope not. Might have to deal with child protective services there. But. Exactly. Well, our, our text line was telling us our text line was informing us of all the people that were taking their kids out of their cages today because they realized they can't do that. Well, I mean, that's, I guess that's along the lines of uh, the people who have their kids on leashes that you see around, which is just still the, a wild trend <laughs> that that came up two years ago, whenever that was, when that was popping up. It's like mm-hmm. you do a double take, a real life double take. It's like, where, where, where are we doing here? Yeah. So, okay, Zach, you have a dog um, that can fetch beers. I know that. We still have yet to see the trick. Um, however, well, I mean, per in, in person, we've seen it on on social media, obviously, but. Just tell me that your dog does not have a Lululemon backpack or any kind of crazy accessory like that. No, the only accessory he has uh, that would be even close to comparable is I have him in a Chiefs bandana. Okay. Um, pretty much at all times. He's a good luck bandana. Um, he, he's a Chiefs fan. I didn't. I I chose the life for him. I like to joke around that I didn't. You can't choose who you're. Who your yep. kids, your dogs root for, but he's a Chiefs fan. But no, we we're not uh, we're not over the top like that. Good. <laughs> the Lulu Lemon back. <laughs> okay, good. I you know I just have to just kind of have to double check, make sure we're we're bringing on the right people onto this show and and all that good stuff. All right, so once again we're we're joined by Zach Carpenter of Inside Nebraska. Um, Dylan Riola is visiting this weekend. Um, news kind of broke about an hour ago. 
what does this mean? He's still committed to Ohio State. Ohio State is still a top-notch program. I, I mean, what's the deal here? Is this just kind of a family visit, or, or you know, is there a sig- significant chance that maybe Nebraska can do some work? Yeah, I mean, been sitting on this for a uh, few days now. Um, the plan has been um, he's kicking off 9 p.m. Central in Arizona games on ESPNU and a mm. uh, big-time game, and the plan is for him to, to fly in, um, I believe, tomorrow and be here in time for the game. Um, everything goes to plan, but um, I, I know talking to some people like, oh, Ryan Day must be uh, freaking out a little bit. I'm like, I don't think that Ryan Day is like, really going to be too worried about it. I mean, it's not nothing. Mm-hmm. Anytime you can get him on campus, um, and anytime you get a five-star quarterback on campus, a legacy guy on campus, it is it is worth something. Um, but I still do know that he's he's firmly committed to Ohio State. But um, yeah, like I said, getting him on campus it, it is at least it, it's noteworthy, absolutely. Um, but they just offered his brother Dayton Rayola, uh, the twenty-sixth class, and um, offered a couple of. Uh, a couple of his teammates, Erlacher's son, they offered a running back there. So those guys, I, I, I'm not sure if they'll be on campus this weekend, mm-hmm. those other two. Um, but I think it's more of a, a family visit where uh, Dylan's supporting um, his brother and uh, his family, obviously. Donovan, his uncle, is offensive line coach on the team. But um, I, I, I don't really – I don't see a flip coming. Uh, I don't see a decommitment. Let's just, let's just put it this way that – uh, we haven't done any pre-writes up of Dylan Rayola has decommitted from Ohio Shoot. State or Dylan Rayola has flipped to Nebraska. None of those pre-writes are um, oh, in the system or even in the works right now. But uh, still, it is, uh, it, it's not nothing that you, you get a guy like that on campus. We're, we're joined by Zach Carpenter of Inside Nebraska. And um, sticking with the recruiting front, I'm kind of curious. So Bo Hewley is another guy that has kind of been – uh, talked about on on the social media and on the message boards and stuff like that. It's a Georgia off a Georgia commit currently, I believe, um, an offensive lineman there. And I guess two part question. I mean, give us kind of the rundown on a couple other commits that maybe Nebraska fans would be interested that are are making their way out. And then also just kind of like what's been the the perception or, or reception, I should say, of of recruits after this you know coaching change and and a couple changes have been made. Now that everything's kind of settled, the dust is kind of settled, Mickey Joseph is firmly into the role um, as interim head coach and potentially as the full-time head coach here in the next couple months or so. But what's been the reception uh, from recruits when you've talked to them on the road or or whatever it may be? Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure if things are necessarily settled. I think they're doing, Mickey, led by Mickey, they're doing a great job of continuing to hit the trail and not like, uh, like like Mickey told our Greg Smith, you can't recruit as a lame duck staff. They're yeah. still being aggressive. They're still getting after it. Like you said, we're going to do things the right way, and we're not going to sabotage the program. So they're still getting after it and going um, onto the road and honestly probably a little more aggressively than they had been in the past. Like you look at his Mickey's last trip down to Georgia um, to Cedar Grove to uh, to talk with um, Kay and Lee and Adonijah Green, um, couple other guys down there and then makes the trek over to Arizona to uh to see the Rayolas and uh like I said Kennedy Erlacher and um the running back I keep I, uh names escaping me but also at Chandler um who I believe has Utah offers so 
they're still um, they're still making their presence known, and that's what you have to do as a staff. You can't just be sort of uh, walking around like a ghost, like and just kind of going through the motions. Um, what's interesting is they are um, hitting Arizona and, and Georgia um, a little harder. I think they're recruiting guys that necessarily may not have been in recruiting in areas and recruiting guys who they may not have been um, recruiting as hard. And I think this is, we're seeing more examples of Mickey's reputation at work um, guy that uh, you can't just show up, you know, you can't just show up um, aimlessly down in a place like Georgia and SEC territory and just expect things to work on the recruiting trail. I mean, you have to, if you have to be a respected face and, um, respected presence and uh, in those areas to actually have it be worth your time. And that's exactly what Mickey and Sean Beckton and those guys are is respected in those areas of the country. So um, I think it's, it's impressive to see their, uh, them going out there and still putting in the work with, with Bo Hewley. Um, he, he's a guy that he's now, I think this is the second time this fall that he's been set to visit. We, we had him on the, our, uh, on our list of people who are uh, of players who are going to be visiting, I think that was for the the Indiana game um, that he was supposed to visit. I think that's what it was here, Oklahoma or Indiana. Um, and then, like less than like a few hours after we had uh, put him on the list, we took him off of it because uh, we um, we were told no, it's actually not happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why we're still sort of on the fence of uh, of Hewley that he is going to wind up being in town but he is uh it's in the works right now for him to be on campus this weekend speaking of mickey joseph and 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 this staff not wanting to you know lay down and and do anything without a fight and kind of looking towards the future of this program and wanting to leave it in a better place than than what they got it in it's been known that they're going after a lot of juco recruits can you can you speak on their their work in the juco ranks and trying to get people trying to get players who maybe are are more you know year one or year one with the program ready to play right away yeah isn't it kind of like the age-old argument of transfer portal or uh transfer portal slash juco versus recruiting in the high school ranks i mean um it can be a sort of a stopgap right um to, mm-hmm. to bring uh those type of guys in you can't build your program like that but they are a crucial piece that uh crucial piece to your program we look at guys like uh casey tom thompson Trey Palmer, Marcus Washington, and that's just speak on the transfer portal. But um, if you want to get this turned around quickly, I do think attacking the JUCO ranks, especially locally, is a good way to do that. And simultaneously building up um, from the high school recruiting side of things, um, it, it's sort of a, I guess, a combo that you have to attack. And I, I sort of feel like that's how Nebraska is going to continue to build up their program. I think that, I don't know if you guys think this, but um, it feels like that sort of combination is something that's going to be sustained now with um, with the way it is across the national landscape of college football with the NIL and the transfer portal. Portal. I mean, is that sort of how you guys think programs are going to start to be built up now? Oh yeah, definitely. It, it feels as if the the transfer portal and the JUCO ranks, especially with the NIL, will be a heavy part in in building programs up to kind of give that that first year of the recruiting class a little bit of a break, so there's not as much pressure on any freshmen to come in and produce right away. Um, so they'll have those guys coming in and, and taking that spot and maybe teaching the guys uh, the ropes on how to deal with college football. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's another thing is if you're if 
this does wind up being either a Mickey Joseph-led staff or a new coach comes in, you probably want to get some portal guys or JUCO guys to come in and, like you said, sort of uh, um, give it a boost from year one so you're not starting over with a bunch of new uh, freshmen or second-year players that are uh, the basis of the team you're putting out there. Zach, I, I, want, I definitely want to get to the game and get your thoughts on kind of Nebraska's keys and, and how you see Saturday's game playing out. But last recruiting one um, before we have to let you go here in a couple minutes. Uh, Nebraska, if my numbers are correct, which, I mean, call me out if they're not, Nebraska's going to have close to 50 recruits, whether it's preferred walk-ons, whether it's um, you know un, you know guys that don't have offers, guys that do have offers. Um, it, they're going to have close to 50 people on campus visiting both officially and unofficially. unofficially. Is that right? Um, I'm, I'm not sure what the exact numbers are either. Um, Greg, I know, has put together a list. I mean, just mm-hmm. counting it up, I, I didn't put the exact uh, – I could do the math here in a second. Um, but, I, either way, that's – I mean, they, it's, a ton, it's a ton of them, and it's a, bit, it's a huge weekend for recruiting. There's no yeah. doubt about it. I, I was going to – okay, so along those lines, even if it's 30 to 50, where, wherever that number you know settles, how much does it mean that – you know, and help Mickey Joseph if it can be a really successful recruiting weekend. I mean, because that, that's something where you're having, I mean, you just mentioned that they offer Dayton Riola, 2026 guy. There's a lot of 20, there's a couple 2024s, a couple 2025s are uh, visiting this weekend as well. I mean, this is real, I mean, laying the groundwork. We're seeing it kind of before our eyes that Mickey and, and his staff are taking this approach as they've stated to us in press conferences and conversations that they're going to recruit and operate as if they're going to be here for multiple years. I mean, does this help having a recruiting weekend like this possibly boost his his possibility or potential for the head coaching job? I, I guess it could. I mean, I think what we're seeing is what we already knew about Mickey is that he is an aggressive, uh, pretty nationally renowned recruiter. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think that changes. It's just the fact that he's now doing it as a head coach, as a face of the program. Um, so he's, Taking it a step further, I think, um, because he is the he is right now the interim coach and fight um, in that sort of audition for the head coaching job that he now has he has more. Um, I'm, I'm not sure what the word is gusto mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, to be able to say. I'm not just bringing in receivers. I'm not just bringing in certain uh, players from certain areas and bringing them from all over. Um, and when we look at the 24 class, I think that's where it could be most beneficial. I mean, the 24 class in Nebraska um, has a chance to be pretty pretty special around here. And you have Danny Kalen coming in, quarterback from, from Bellevue. Um, I think he's probably the most important in-state recruit in that class, along with mm-hmm. Caleb Benning. Um, so getting getting guys from in-state in, the, in that 24 class, along with the, the commits you already have in 23, who are going to be going to be here with Malachi Coleman, Gunnar Gotula, Maverick Noonan, and Sam Sledge, who are um, seem to be on campus every weekend. But uh, that doesn't make it any less important that those guys are here to be um, the face of their own recruiting class. So they're trying to sort of simultaneously build two classes up. But, um, I mean, yeah, like you said, with with Mickey, I think it is uh, – um, it, it doesn't hurt that you're getting this many players on campus when – uh, this, the program still is sort of in, in flux right now. Um, it, it speaks to some sustainability and, like you keep saying, aggressiveness and and uh, getting these kids on campus. All right, Zach, we are we're running out of time. We're joined by Zach Carpenter of Inside Nebraska here. Really, really quickly, kind of 
three quick keys to the game for Nebraska, and then uh, eventually your prediction on how you see tomorrow playing out. Um, I mean, it's not. I don't think that again. Nebraska's weaknesses line up well with Illinois' strength. Yeah. Uh, we're going to see if that off, if Nebraska's offensive line can um, give Casey Thompson enough protection against one of the best pass rushes in the Big Ten. Uh, don't really. I mean, we haven't seen any evidence that from this season that we'll be able to do that. We'll see if which is more for real the uh, Nebraska offense, those explosive plays, so dependent on those going against yeah. Illinois secondary, which that, I think that's probably the biggest like one-on-one matchup like that we're going to find out is is this Illinois secondary for real or is their uh, production so far been a, a um, product of the of who they played um, and because this Nebraska offense is going to be the best offense that Illinois has played this year and this uh, this Illinois defense is going to probably be the best defense that Nebraska has played um, and again. I, that matchup with Trey Palmer on the outside um, is going to be interesting to see. Do they keep? Do they continue to go match up with him man on man? Which uh, I think that's what Casey said they expect. So it's going to come down to who's who's better. Um, so those would be two keys. Third key would be um, containing Chase Brown. I mean, he's going to get his yards. He's going to get yeah. over a hundred. I mean, he's gotten over a hundred in all seven games this year, and in five of those, he's gone for 146 or more. Um, but what's uh, not what's not looking great for Nebraska is uh, I talked to um, Illinois beat writer Doug Bouchon um, of the Rivals Network and asked him what's the key to stopping Chase Brown and said he's an excellent cutback runner and um, that the key is that Nebraska needs to be able to wrap up and not over pursue um, when when they're going after Brown and what we've seen all year is Nebraska's defense has a mm-hmm. tendency to over pursue. Time and time again, so I'm, I'm thinking that uh, that they'll be able to wear down the interior of the Nebraska defensive line, and then when they, he gets on the perimeter, he, I feel like he's going to be able to break a lot of those arm tackles and take advantage of Nebraska over pursuing. Um, so I've got my final score prediction is 28-21 Illinois, um, which would be Nebraska covering spread yeah. by half a point and going slightly under uh, that 50 and a half mark. I think it's sitting at. Um, but I, I just I see long sustained drives by this Illinois rushing attack um, that sort of wears on Nebraska's defense throughout the game, and then that pass rush I think is going to get to to Casey Thompson. Like pretty much every pass rush seems to have gotten to to Casey this year, and if they could slow this offense is so has been very dependent on those explosive plays, especially the Trey Palmer, and if uh, if the uh, offensive line isn't given enough time for those downfield opportunities to develop and Illinois corners are able to to lock up Palmer and Washington and those guys. Then, um, not sure if they'll be able to hit on of enough of those to to keep up with with Illinois' uh, rushing attack on the other side. Yeah, I, I think a lot of us are kind of in this in the same boat of of this rushing attack for Illinois is dangerous and and let's see if Nebraska maybe who knows maybe they'll be able to break the streak of of holding Chase Brown under a hundred a hundred rushing yards in a single game. All right, Zach. Hey, appreciate the time as always. Um, enjoy the rest of your Friday. Uh, hopefully there's no other big news that uh, interrupts it or anything like that. And uh, have fun with your beer-fetching dog. Yep, I'm trying to get some of those in before we have a big day tomorrow. So perfect. Hopefully it'll be a relaxing Friday the rest of the day. All right, <laughs> perfect. You guys. That is Zach. Thanks, Zach. We'll talk to you later. Uh, that is Zach Carpenter of Inside Nebraska. Appreciate his time. As always, let's take our final time out. Rico, you know what we forgot to do in the first segment? What? 
picks. We got to do them. We got got a very quick segment coming up. It's going to be rapid fire. Yep. We'll do that next to close out the week and give our, uh, obviously, Illinois-Nebraska prediction in that. We'll do that coming up next. Download our app by searching 93.7 a ticket in your app store to stay in touch and listen all day long wherever you are. More of the happy hour is next on 93.7 the ticket and theticketfm.com.